What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Identical Draw podcast. We're doing something different. Obviously, we're filming it all. That's going to be new. You're going to catch the next few episodes of this podcast will also be on YouTube. But I've, I conjured up this idea that I ran by Tom. And it was getting some of the best whitetail hunters we know to look at maps and tell us where they'd hunt. Yep, on, on pieces that they've, they've never seen before. Correct. In different states, I was thinking, man, it's, it's talked about and shown so much in Western hunting. It's talked about in whitetail hunting, what you're looking for, what you're hunting. But I want these guys to give me an onyx pin of where they would hunt on these parcels. Yep. And break down why, when, all the, all the good stuff. So that's basically it. Our first podcast guest is Clay Newcomb. A lot, of, a lot of you guys will know him. He's from Meat Eater, um, did bear hunting magazine before that. He lives in Arkansas, does a ton of white hunting, does a lot of bear hunting. He described himself as a, as a raccoon, raccoon hunter, yep. um, but he's, he's the host of Bear, bear Grease podcast yep. on the Meat Eater Network. Super knowledgeable guy, just a great, great human being all around. We've, we've had, had the pleasure of hanging out with him in person a little bit um, through, through First Light and Meat Eater stuff, and he's just a solid human being, and he's an awesome, awesome deer hunter. Spends a lot of time chasing the whitetails with the bow, and so he's, he's up to bat first. He goes through uh, Arkansas, peace in Arkansas, Missouri, peace in Missouri, and then Arkansas City. All of these guests that we're going to have do this are going to end telling us where they'd hunt on our 80. So it's yep. kind of like the everybody everybody's gonna dissect it differently, but we just kind of want to have a control property that yeah. people can. Yeah, that, that's the same for everybody. Yeah, so we can see how people hunt differently. So, so I hope you enjoy this series. If you do, you need to like this video, comment. <clears throat> we have some other things that could conjure up with this. We're gonna have some guests or some podcast listeners, YouTube commenters send us their property and have some experts break it down as yep. well. So if, if you want some of these folks saying where they'd hunt on these properties that you might hunt and stuff like that, um, we're not spot burning. Yep. We are send them to us. We're not, we're not showing any coordinates or anything like that. So, um, yeah. Anything else? Let's get into it with Clay. Yeah. How's the uh, summer been for you, Clay? It's been good. I've, I have, I was in Alaska in late May, which was a big trip for me, but was a lot of fun. Yep. We count that as summer. Yeah. Um, I've been traveling quite a bit for Bear Grease. Been working on a Mississippi River series, which our our series are always. It's quite a bit of work that goes into it. I think. You know, I mean, it's interviewed a lot of guys, made two, two trips to Mississippi. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so yeah, I've been great. My son's playing basketball. Yep. He can My ball. My wife's garden's going good. Nice. Yeah. He's a baller, man. He's a, he's a legit How baller. far is that going to go? He wants to play college basketball. I mean, that's, that's not like a whim. He is he's that bad in his sights mm-hmm. since he was just a little bitty kid and he works like a pro athlete. I mean, for real, like he, he is dedicated. So That's awesome. he's fun to watch play. Good kid, good attitude and really good work ethic. I think you mentioned when we were in uh, Idaho that like he, he, he's at a pretty, he's at a pretty competitive 
like in the high school league, isn't he? Yeah, he's playing AAU ball, and there's another acronym for a, a league that he is in. But yeah, they play kind of. I don't want to say all over the country because it's not quite all over the country, but they play in regionally six or seven hours. They're playing in Nebraska sometime soon. Nice. And uh, played in Kansas City last weekend. And, and at those tournaments, there's teams from all all over the country that come. So they, they're playing, he's playing against some elite players and does good, you know. I also want to tell you before we, we uh, jump in on these properties, I love the Asa Carter series. That was like – I would have never guessed any of that like came from him. It was just cool to listen to all of that and see how it all went down. Yeah. That was a unique series that we did and just kind of shocking, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, but really interesting touched on a lot of really interesting stuff from, you know, guys, uh, false identities about being a native American to, yep. to, really wild racism stuff Yep. to really a really beautiful, incredible book. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how, uh, I don't know how you find all that information to be honest. I mean, it just seems like tracking down those people that have all that stuff has got to just be a time suck for sure. Well, it is. It's, it's my job, you know, yeah. it's, it's yeah. not, it's not, none of it's done on a whim. Yeah. You know, our, our, our bear grease renders are done on a whim, yep. you know, just kind of get the crew together and just have a good time and talk. Yep. But the, but the bear grease episodes are a lot of times I'm working on them for a year before anybody ever hears about mm-hmm. them. Just read, like I'll start by reading a book and then sometimes it takes months to find the right person to do something. Yep. For sure. And so, cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, now, are we recording? Are yep. we recording here? We're live. We're live. Yep. What is this? A podcast? Is this, will people <laughs> be able to watch this on their TV? People are going to be watching it on YouTube, and and to the listeners, if you're just listening, you should oh, be on it YouTube. It's being filmed on YouTube. Oh man, I would have cleaned up my office, dude, or I would have tilted my camera up so you can see all my butt. Oh, there you go. That's now I would have done. Now people get a good good glimpse. So, do you want to jump into property number one? Yeah. So. This is going to be, we're going to do the Arkansas property first. If you could pop that one up. What's that? Did you label that waypoint? Yep. Okay. Yeah, Basically, just want to get your take. Um, turn on the, put the hybrid mode there on Onyx so we can see some, some topo there, Tom. All right. So we're just going to get your hot take on what sticks out to you first about this property. Um, kind of just talk through like your initial gut, fee- like just feelings about, the first few things that if you pull up this piece for the first time looking at it, you haven't been there on foot yet. What sticks out to you right out of the, right out of the gate? So the first thing that I would be doing on this property would be going back to the West to, to where this property borders Mm -hmm. what appears to be row crop ag. Yep. Uh, It, that's, that's the furthest point away from a road which looks like it's probably a little over half a mile from the road. Yep. It's, it's, and that's not very far, but in the East, in this part of the world, that half mile is going to be thick. It's going to be, it's not, not everybody's going to go back there, but I would be going back to that back property edge where it borders, borders private with some row crop ag and looking at that. What, um, 
Real quick, what do you expect that timber to be? So this is in southwest Arkansas. There, it is going to be ultra thick. Yeah. I mean, in this part of the world, you're not really going to be able to identify what it is bedding areas real yeah. quickly. It's, sure. it, it wouldn't be like the West where it's like, this is where the deer bed, this is mm-hmm. where they feed. I mean, all that is going to be very thick. And it all just depends. You would have to go there to see what the timber's like. It's yeah. possible that there's some big stands of mature timber where you can see 30, 40 yards. Yep. It's possible that most of this is just like a thicket. Uh, probably in the riparian zones, it looks like there's a creek that flows through there. You might have some bigger timber along those riparian zones because a lot of times they, they don't cut the timber. This is big timber country, so mm-hmm. they've no doubt this timber is being, has been cut over the years and regrown, probably a lot of pine too. Yep. Um, um, but those riparian zones will often have oaks yep. left because there's, there's some regulations about how close you can cut to a creek. And so that's, that's the way we made a living hunting public land in Southwest Arkansas. Y'all actually, I mean, I, I've never been to this place, but, uh, but, where they're cutting a lot of timber, you can find oaks along the creeks and oaks become a limiting factor where there's a lot of pine, what we'd call pine plantation. Yeah. And, uh, and so, you know, you're looking for specific white oak trees or spotted oak or whatever that's dropping acorns and you can target a single tree sometimes. Yeah. That And, and the oaks drop at different times, specific trees, like some trees might hold their acorns until the end of October or, or mid October. Others are dropping more at the first of October, mm-hmm. even the same species of trees. Just, they just kind of hold different. And so that's where actually going in there and seeing the place and trying to find some fresh signs would be important. But for sure, that's the first thing I do. The other thing I, I like to do and, and on public land, it's probably not as effective, but there's one opening on this little section of this WMA where it looks, it's, I doubt it's a food plot, but it yep. is It is an opening. I, I like the back corners of these because you're going to find sign around the edge of that. And and there's a there's kind of a ridge that falls into that. I'm going to call it a food plot, even though I don't yeah. think it is. There's kind of a ridge that falls in from the south to that food plot, mm-hmm. and then there's the creek that flows in. I'd be I'd be kind of looking on that ridge for deer to be entering into that area down that ridge. So I'd be looking to get a couple hundred yards or even a hundred yards up on that little ridge. I mean, it's probably not much elevation change. I mean, maybe just like fifty feet. Yep. But those are the two things that stood out to me about that place. Cool. So <clears throat> if you were gonna just rip down there for a hunt. And say just magic wand. Okay, so when does Arkansas deer season open? Typically the fourth Saturday in September. Okay, so from opener until the end of the season, like this property specifically, what like 10 days would you want to hunt? Like what would you think the best 10 days on that piece would be? Or a classic rut hunt. Yeah. In Arkansas during that time would be the, you know, to me, would be the first week of November. 
Okay. Last week of October can be really good too. Yep. So it, we hold pretty tight in the Highland regions of Arkansas to a classic like Midwest rut. Cool. And you get into the Delta, into the, the flood pl- prone regions that are influenced by the Mississippi River, White River, Big River stuff. It's totally different. It's it's a month delayed and often kind of stretched out more. Gotcha. And this is kind of the in between zone. This is down. It's kind of deep southwest Arkansas, so it's uh, not really river country. Yep. But I, I would I'd be there the first week of November. Cool. And that that first that first hunt that you'd go in there, would you do that during the daylight so you can actively scout, or would you bomb back there super early in the morning to be back there for sunrise, or would it be an e- like afternoon slip in and hunt the evening, or what would you be looking to do? Nate, it would be a secret. I wouldn't tell anybody what I was going to do. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah. I, I, oh man, I would probably, I would really try to scout it first. Yeah. I don't like to, I mean, I've done plenty of just like bombing in somewhere and mm-hmm. hanging and hunting. That's not my favorite way to hunt. Yeah. Just because it's, and I, and I get why people do that and I get, even the productivity of that. I don't enjoy that. I, I, I enjoy being a little more calculated. Mm-hmm. And so I would probably try to find a way to get in there and scout and know what I was going to do. Yep. We, we hunted last year. I hunted with the guys from the element for yep. a week and we did a lot of map scouting and going in and hanging and hunting. And they're, they're really effective at that. And I could see how it could be really effective. I don't enjoy that. Yeah. It's just because you crawl up in a tree and it gets daylight and you've spent an enormous amount of energy getting there, getting in a tree and you can't see anything, you know, the, you got no shot. Yep. And it's like, ah, I just like to be more calculated than that. Mm-hmm. Again, just personal preference of what I enjoy. Yep. Okay. You know? Yeah. That kind of answers my next question. Like, when you, so when you pull up to a new piece, say you aren't able to scout, maybe this isn't even a situation that applies to you. Like you always want to scout, but if you aren't able to, um, are you more inclined to bomb into a place? Um, maybe like, um, just as it gets light or are you going to, um, be more calculated and like dip into a certain area with a very careful wind and, and maybe do that a couple of times before you get in deep? Like what, 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 what's your gut there? I like to be really conservative in terms of bumping deer. I, I do think those first sips are very important. Yep. Yep. But when you're hunting public land, a lot of times it's different. There's, there's different constraints and you might just not have any idea. So you might just be like, Hey, these deer are used to people running in and out of here. I'm just going to go scout this thing without, with, with abandoned, you know, um, I think it all just, it's so, it all depends how much time you got. If you got a week to spend there and that's your only opportunity, you better be super conservative. Mm -hmm. If you've got three days to hunt there and if you blow this spot out and there's nothing there, it's no big deal. I might go in and be kind of reckless trying to find some hot signs and kind of getting lucky. Yep. Yep. You know, so it, it, it just, every situation would be so different. And if you had, if you had five days, um, say you took, you took the last few days of October, early November, are you, are you still looking for the fresh sign looking for, 
um, some of those oaks that are dropping good, um, or are you just like, man, I think bucks are just going to be on their feet. I'm just going to find some pinch points and just high traffic areas. What's what's your mindset there? At that time of year, I would be looking more for pinch point and high traffic areas because mm-hmm. it, it feels like by late, late October, early November, a lot of the more of the oak trees are going to be dropping. Yep. So acorns are going to be less of a limiting factor. Early in the season, you can find those trees that drop early and acorns are a limiting factor and you can find like super hot sign under one or two trees. Yep. That's more of like a early October, definitely September, that early September or that September stuff. Man, you find any trees dropping, it's going to be good. By late October, early November, all the oaks that have acorns are dropping. If it's been a good mast year, acorns aren't really going to be a limiting factor. Right. Um, so I'd be looking more for pinch points and just travel areas for cool. sure. But not but not neglect hot sign because mm-hmm. it's yep. possible you could find a spot that's like, man, the deer are feeding here. But Cool. Yep. Sweet. So how many... How many vehicles on this piece until like you're going to find somewhere else? Like, I mean, if you're seeing like on a few hundred acres, are you seeing one, two vehicles and be like, ah, I'm going to get out of here. Or are you like, ah, one to two vehicles in this thick timbered area isn't, isn't enough to get you out of there. Hmm. You know, down in that part of the world, I wouldn't, if I saw anybody in there, I'd probably get out of there. Okay. So one, one truck along that road and you're like, mm, I'm going to find a different spot. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Sweet. Yep. Nice. Should we move? There's quite a bit of public land down yeah. there that you have and, and none of it's super productive. Yeah. People should go to other places. Don't come here. Yeah. Hey, go back to that piece. I was going to just wrap it up. Okay. Yep. So, so are the two spots you would be interested in would be on the far West side along, along that that crop area and then possibly in that opening food plot, um, with some of that, the, where the water's through there, those, those would be like your two spots that you'd want to get to first, A and B. Yeah. Is that to sum that up? Cool. Yeah. Sweet. All right. Nice. Let's, uh, let's move to Missouri. Yeah. Missouri. That's where everybody needs to go, man. That's yeah. where all the deer are. <laughs> yeah, I think they've got tags for everybody to go there. So, see so for the listeners um it's about a hundred and ten acre piece um in missouri and it looks like the northern section kind of bumps up to uh river river yeah it's probably big pretty big big river river. yeah mix uh you got still looks like some i mean looks like some thicker timber um with still some crops in there um one access spot, I mean, along the west kind of borders a road. Yep. And it looks like there's a single parking lot there. Um, all right, Clay, same, same kind of setup. Um, what time, what time of the year, like, would you still like, man, if you had, if you had an open, open fall, uh, I think Missouri opens sometime in September. Um, would you still be looking to go that October, November time frame, or would you be like, hmm, this could be interesting in September, try to get some bucks on a summer pattern or like what would be your, um, looking at that chunk, what would, what would pique your interest when to hunt that piece? You know, I would have to say, I mean, I'm 
for any traveling hunting that I'm doing, for the most part, I'm just targeting those peak rut times. Yep, the best. So I can't yep. really. I mean, you know, if I had if I had time to go in early October or something like this, yep. I mean, I would probably hunt it a fairly similar way. Man, that's a good looking property. A lot of features on that property. It'd be nice to know what was in that field. Oh, okay, it it yeah, probably soybeans, didn't it? Yeah, it looks like it, almost it, that rotation. I don't. I can't tell if that bottom field is uh, planted. It might. That bottom field might just be uh, grass. Yeah. Yeah, it could just be grass. Man, there's a lot going on in that property. Uh, I mean, it, I think you just have to get in there and just really scout this one because there's a couple of things that I would just main features that are worth noting is that these outside river bends like this, this big river cutting in and making a making a big meander bend here. You'll find deer trails right along the edge of that river. Yep. Where deer are just like swooping around and it's just a path of least resistance. I don't know that that's necessarily where you're gonna hunt. There's a there's a there's a bottom that runs north to south that connects with the river. I yep. think that's where I'd be wanting to go. And there's little, there's little ridges that touch down. There's one, two, three, kind of four tips of ridges that touch down into that little creek bottom right there. Yep. And I think those little fingers are going to, deer are going to be using those fingers. Probably, well, there's fields over there, probably bedding on some of that. Yep. And coming down into that riparian zone to come over to this, to these soybeans. I, I would just have to get in there and scout that and see, I mean, that looks really good. And then the back edges of these crop fields is probably, they're, they're hard to hunt because you never know where the deer are going to pop out, but probably get in there and just sit in some of these back corners, catching bucks even during the day. Kind of cruising. Yeah, there's a lot of opportunity. Yeah, and then and then there is a timbered funnel that goes from kind of southwest to northeast, like uh, the the bottom third of that property that connects. You know, there's like a finger of timber, yep. which obviously is a little funnel, but I would imagine that wouldn't be a lot of daytime activity in there, but could be. Yeah. Zooming out, I think that little whatever creek system on the east side of that property just like looks like that could be such good travel and connecting to that bigger river. Um, and yeah. I, I'd like if there's one waypoint that I'd probably just sit if I hadn't had the opportunity to scout, it'd probably be somewhere along that that um, creek or whatever that is there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's a good looking piece of property right there. Yeah. I think it'd be really interesting if like my first time there, I'd have to check out the river bend. I'd probably be, probably be walking that. Yeah. And I think that'd probably honestly give you a good um, understanding of how many dudes are hunting it too. Cause I bet that's what everybody wants to do right out of the gate is just walk that edge. Um, Clay, what if you had to hunt this piece? um, What, what wind is like, what kind of wind are you looking for? Um, to kind of get in and, and mess around a little bit? Well, obviously a east wind would be good, which you're probably not going to get yep. very often. 
Um, you could work it with a north or a south wind. You would just kind of, you know, if you had a south wind, you'd swing to the north and, and come in from the north. If you had a north wind, you'd you'd hug to the south and, and come in. Like if you're wanting to hunt that little creek bottom and you had a had a north wind, you know, you could you'd, you'd bump some deer probably. That, that, that's a big, pretty big field, though. I think you yeah. could skirt the south yeah. edge of that field and then get into that creek bottom and then walk. It's only 160, so it's not, it's not like that's that far to walk. Right. right. And then you could, then you could walk north in that creek bottom. Yeah, for sure. Heading north with a north wind, get in there and hunt. Yeah, it, you could make it work, you know. Would you be interested in like a, would you ever hang a stand on that one of those fields just for an observation sit before bombing back I've in never, there? I've never done that before. No. But I've not really hunted a lot of big cropland. Yeah. You know, I yeah. mean, I'm, I really haven't hunted, uh, other than in Manitoba. I've hunted Manitoba four years. And, we, you know, we, we kind of did some stuff like that. But I, I would rarely want to waste a hunt to be honest sure. with you yeah Usually so i'm just like dude i'm just gonna go hunting yeah yeah that's <clears throat> the observation sit is kind of a time of the year thing for me if it's if i'm hunting early season where i think they'd actually do the same thing twice maybe i'd throw one in there but like if if i was hunting the, the late october november time frame i'd be bombing into the timber for sure yeah so clay i'll paint the situation again if you're if you're unable to scout but you just know like this is like this is kind of your only option for for a single day um where's like where's your gut um telling you to to sit for uh maybe for let's just say a, a full day sit like where are you thomas could you could you expound on this analogy to help me a little bit like give me tell me like why i wasn't able to scout you know like <laughs> yeah. play you were you were gonna leave to go hunting and the mules got out and, so, and your yeah. son had a basketball game somebody and he, yeah he scored 60 points so you were really pumped but then you know it would help a little bit to expound. You're a better storyteller than I'm me. Kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, no, yeah. Somebody hey, some, tell me, tell me the question again. Somebody, okay. <laughs> um, somebody blindfolded you, carried you up to this piece and say, you have to hunt here for the day. Where are you uh, going? That Creek bottom. I'm going to that Creek bottom behind those, those soybean fields. And I'm going to walk that Creek bottom. And I think they're going to travel that creek bottom, but also fall off of those little fingers. Yep. And and even and even travel. I hadn't really looked at the bigger picture. Okay, yeah. There's there's quite a bit of timber to the south. Yep. That I think they might be. You know, they, there could be deer coming from that place on the south, coming up through that creek. I just think I just think those bucks will be running. Yep. Yeah. So kind of probably depending on the wind come just on the North end of that or the South end of that probably. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I think so. Nate, any other mentions you want to make on that? Just my final, I mean, is this a one vehicle and you're moving on place again? Probably. Absolutely. Yeah. If it's a 160 and there's somebody there, you got to go somewhere else, man. Yep. Nice. Better get there early. Yep. All right. Let's, uh, go to the last waypoint, which, um, listeners and viewers understand 
by this point, it's, it's the Kansas 80. We wanted a property that is kind of a control to see, see how similar our guests, um, kind of break down a piece. Okay. So this is your Kansas 80. Yep. This, you could, I don't think you could kill a deer on this place. <laughs> yeah. Too hard. We're thinking about selling. There's probably no turkeys. Yep. No turkeys, no deer. Oh, nothing. It's crazy because from over the top, um, we, I mean, there, you can basically only see our big food plot, but we've got two or three others and a couple of bigger paths in there. But I think that kind of leads us back to that first property in Arkansas, like big timbered stuff. You basically just like, you need to get in there and, and take a look more so than if it's a more cut up piece, um, yep. more timber draw kind of thing. I think getting yep. in there is, is vital. I'll give you some, some details. So in that, you can see that, that plot that's kind of on the, the Northwest side, um, that's going to be split in corn and beans. And so it's only a few acres of corn, a few acres of beans. So that's the biggest food source on the property. Um, and then, uh, now where, where, where is that? So you can kind of, uh, the, the big green, like grass pasture, you can see probably along, along the road. Okay. On the, on the west side. Yes. On the west side. Yep. And then like, you can see if you zoom in a little bit, you can kind of see where it's browned up. Um, that's, that's, that's where we have our food plots in there. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's a split in corn beans. We have a few different clover, um, just smaller plots on the ground. Um, along the, the Creek, it's going to be bigger timber oaks, um, walnuts, hackberries, hickories, and then closer, basically, as, like the further west you go, it becomes more of a Osage orange and locust kind of stuff. The timber changes drastically, but, um, just your first gut, like, what are you, what, what features are you liking the most right out of the gate? Hmm. I would, uh, I, I like these riparian zones, you know, I think the little Creek bottom going through there. It's probably going to have some deer traffic. Also like where this uh, South Fork, South Fork Wolf River touches your property. Mm -hmm. Does it actually touch the property? It does, yeah. Yeah. I, I'd be checking that corner. It just feels like a lot's going on in the corner. Um, but that is walking all the way across it. Um, you know, there's the... There's not a lot of like big dominant topo features that I'm seeing that are standing out to me. Yep. But I mean, I think your main play would just be catching deer moving from kind of north to south along the that creek, um, getting back in on that that South Fork of the Wolf River, you know. But also your food plot. You know, if you weren't hunting them and they weren't disturbed, I mean, I'm sure you guys are killing deer on that food plot. Is that true? Yeah. Um, less than you'd think just because, I don't know. I, so the first ever buck we shot on the place was like our first sit on the food plot, <laughs> October 3rd. And we were talking about this on our last podcast. Like our beans, for some reason, I think we just planted them late. They're way more green than everybody else. So I think that food, that food source was like really good um, still. But I do think 
it ruined us a little bit after that because we were like, oh my gosh, we shot a buck on the beans our first sit and we gave it too much time. And so honestly, we've backed off the food plot sitting um, pretty heavily. Okay. Um, we still hit the beans, yeah. some early season stuff, but yeah. we really... We stay off that a lot um, until late season because we leave we leave those crops standing and things like that. So um, we definitely spend most of our time in the timber. Yeah, yeah. You know, I would just I, I would I would be hunting that riparian zone running north to south. Yep. What do you is that? What do you guys do? Spill spill the beans, man. The, it's funny. Everybody says that, that, um, Northeast corner, mm-hmm. like looks like big buck zone. Um, because of it, like the, the Creek that cuts the corner and, um, the, the, I mean, just the flat area of that, um, we hunt, you can see like that may, maybe if you have the hybrid on that, the, the darkest yellow, um, topo line, we, we stick to that, especially like the central North central, um, we definitely have stands on there being able to look down into the, into the bottom more into the Creek area. Um, the buck I shot last year, I shot a hundred yards from mm. the, the shed, um, that you can see it in the far Southwest corner. That's our shed. Really? Yeah. So what was he doing down there? That's chasing does. <laughs> we were going to, we asked our last guest and we wanted to ask you, like I shot him, uh, November 11th, um, two 30 PM. We'd been in the stand for like 10 minutes. Um, kind of, if you take from the shed, if you go straight east to that dark topo where it's kind of got a little finger, looks like a thumb. Yep. Um, that's, that's basically where, um, there were, there were deer just running like heck, um, to the North, just within a hundred yards of us, just chasing like crazy. So Tom grabbed the grunt tube and this was like was November 11th, 2 PM maybe. Mm-hmm. And he just ripped some grunts. And then, um, that behemoth just came out of the South. So what we ask is came from the South came from the South. Yeah. That's the interesting part because we had a North wind. So technically he was like partially, he was pretty much downwind. Um, we did have like water behind us. So he like wasn't walking the water. So he was a little off. Um, but like I, we always debate, was he bedded there? And we just happened to slip by him because we would have walked within 80 yards probably of him getting into the tree. Or was it just, man, it's November 11th. He was probably just working and we just, just had to be right in the place, stand the yeah, right time. Because right right we, were, we were only in the stand for, we'd only yeah. been in the stand for 15 minutes maybe. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's that's one of those deals where, I mean, I don't know. Would you guys have picked that spot to set a stand just by looking at a topo map on a on Onyx? No. No. It's it's crazy. We just. Yeah. There's, there's, nothing, there's yeah. nothing there. I know. But so it's like, why did why were you sitting there? We were sitting there. So one, we have a little bit of clover there, but mainly is because to the north is like one of our um, thickest, like just thickest bedding areas. Oh. Which the okay. whole eighty. One one thing we talk about is like our whole eighty is like you could just throw a dart and it's going to be bedding because it's just all thick. There's no. It's kind of like what you were talking. It's like we don't have an area where we're like oh that's the bedding zone anywhere on the property okay. besides pretty much our food plots, deer bed. And so that's not that, but that is like in particular, like one of the thicker spots. And then we also do have, have that Creek that, I mean, we're sitting 15 yards from 20 yards from where that Creek kind of comes along mm-hmm. and then kind of meanders around. So 
that was pretty much it. But I mean, also one thing that we have that you don't have was a morning hunt that there were some bucks in the area. And, um, just, just knowing that that, that area is just for whatever reason we were, we were getting action in there. And we actually did uh, flip a coin about where to hunt during that sit. So it was also a substantial amount of luck for that hunt. Mm. Well, that's good. Yep. Part of being in Kansas and being in good country. Yep. Good. That's a good answer, Clay. That that lines up. If you, I guess we got to ask you. So you you said, is there anywhere on that cr- that creek that like if you had once again, if somebody just blindfolded you and dropped you off, is there anywhere on that creek that you're uh, and say it's a full day hunt, November twelfth? Um, you're just gonna where, you're gonna pack your B and J. I think it would be, I think it would be wind. Yeah, it would be. You just have to. You probably you have, have coming from the north. Say you'd have, I mean, during that time, you'll probably have a north wind. Say, say you've got a north wind. It's chilly. You got your, probably got your, your solitudes or sanctuary bibs on, um, trying to stay warm all day. Probably start. I'd be hunting. You see about a hundred yards behind that shed where that little finger is on that dark topo line. <laughs> yeah. That's where I'd be hunting. Yeah. It's a good spot. <laughs> cool. No. I mean, if you were, yeah, if, if I was just bombing in there, I think I'd just be trying to get into the uh, central part of the property along that riparian zone where the wind was most favorable. Yep. I mean, I, I just don't see any, and again, not having hunted that area at all. I don't, you know, it's possible that some of those little things are like really yep. prominent and, and, but I just don't see a whole lot of, very, is the property relatively flat? I mean, I see topo lines, but like how much relief is there? Is it like a hundred foot or 50 foot or 200 foot? I'd say it's hard for me to tell. It's a hundred. It, it's it's more than you think. Like what I always tell people is I could fit four to five bow hunters on this property super comfortably. Really? Yes. And I'd be like, okay. Oh, everybody's got a shot. Uh, nobody's going to be like feeling like they're intruding the other person just because can't like you can't sit and you can't be in one spot and like see a long ways besides our pasture pretty much um in the north kind of where you're saying in the north where that fork is um you can see the dark topo lines just to the west there that's where if you are on that topo you can kind of see down into there um as far as visibility that's like probably the best part on the property but it is um when we had spencer newharth hunt the property a few years back he's like it hunts as like a bow hunter it hunts like like 200 acres Huh, that's mm-hmm. good. Yep. How many how many mature deer have y'all killed off that place and how long have you had it? Had it since um twenty nineteen and killed two, three it's uh five. Five five um like four year four year and older and then one uh, uh three year old. That's good. Yep. Man, that's that's incredibly productive, man. It's 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 just when, I mean, not to go on a tangent, but like when we were looking for a property, we were like, we want to be in one of these states that you just don't know what's going to pop up. And the buck that Tom killed over my shoulder, I mean, that was a deer that we had history with, but we hadn't had a single trail camera photo this year. And he just popped up at 11 yards and you just don't think shoot. Um, and just, yeah, we've just, we've, we've been blessed with that area. Cause I mean, we've had Neighbor shot our first year there. Neighbor shot like a one seventy eight. 
the next year that we we should have killed. We, we should have killed. We that one up. The next year was when Newharth came and shot a buck. Probably he was like mid one fifties, I think. Um, and then our neighbors, our neighbor shot our biggest deer. Um, I think we probably showed you in Idaho. He was like, I think he yeah. broke off a ton, but he still scored like one ninety two or something. Um, and then wow, y'all are in some big buck country. Yeah, and then this do, dude, y'all, we haven't got y'all don't get tags every year though, dude. We have been extremely lucky. So we get in Kansas, you get one landowner per eighty. So we always get one. Um, so we kind of split that okay. up between us two, our dad, whoever kind of wants it. Um, so we just kind of rotate there, but we always all apply because we're like the guy that doesn't draw can get the landowner. But we both applied this year, and we both pulled non-resident. Wow, that's great. Yeah. So you got a tag for me? Yeah. If you want to come, you can have the landowner tag. <laughs> great. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Come shoot a big buck. <laughs> um, anything else? Y'all have any ac- other access up there? You have other places that you are able to hunt? Mm, not really. I guess. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Private land. Um, no. no, but there's, there's walk-in. We'll, 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 if there's a certain wind during the day that we're just like, the 80 needs a break. We're just going to get off it. We'll, we'll drive 20, 30, 40 minutes and just hit one of the walk-ins in the area. But which people yeah. think we're kind of crazy leaving that piece, but we've seen some, some big deer on the public in the area as well. So, um, and depending on the, the time of the year, the pressure is, I mean, it's, it's busy in November. It's, it's busy, just like anywhere else. You can find those sweet spots, especially in the earlier earlier later time frame um get away from the folks and stuff like that and it's nice the neighbor to the north lets us access so we've actually walked through his crop before in his pasture and then bombed into our property from the north which is money with a south wind um uh the the other the other landowners we have really good neighbors they're all like it gets like pressured very heavily especially during archery season i'm like always so surprised how many guys are hunting we have some retired folks in the area. And I mean, these older guys will hunt. I mean, just a ton. probably more than us. Yeah. Just yeah. a ton. Um, so it definitely, definitely sees hunting pressure, but the, the awesome thing is yeah. that I love about it is the rifle season in Kansas is late. It's, it's like basically the first two weeks of December. Um, and just like Nebraska opener, it's just like, it sounds like the 4th of July, but you can sit on opening day in Kansas and like, hear a handful of gunshots maybe yep which is pretty crazy um and that that right there is why you have uh have big deer so yeah yeah oh that's cool man yeah well um what's what's the next two months look like for you clay what do you got on the docket so i always have bear grease related travel that is often comes up like overnight like I'll, I'll be working on something and get a lead with the contact and i might be like hey two days from now i'm going to tennessee uh-huh. so there's always that on the table but the biggest thing is i'm going back to alaska with steve ranella mm-hmm. for a redemption moose hunt for him oh so, nice so so we went last year and you know, I killed a moose. Yep. We hunted for nine days, and I killed it on the the last two hours of the season. You know, and um, and he was standing right there with me when I killed it. He so he could have killed it. Tried to yeah. What I tried to get him to yeah, kill why? It. Why is he but, handing off the rifle again? Because you even mentioned like 
like it was his trip to kill a big moose. Like, why do you, why do you think his gut did like, was it, did he feel bad? Yeah, that? For real? I, 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 it, it, it was his moose to kill. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, for real, I've talked to him about it and he, he does have a, I've noticed he has a pretty strong thing that if you spot the animal mm. that it's yours and just randomly I spotted that moose. I mean, of all the moose we spotted, I'm sure, I mean, I didn't, I, he spotted more than me, I think, but just that one, I saw the moose. And so I think in his mind, he was just like, this is Clay's moose if it shows up. But he didn't tell me that until the moose was like in sight. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, Hey, you're going to shoot this moose. This is your moose. And he was like, no, no, you shoot it. Yeah. yeah so, we had a little argument so, there. so that's a, that's a trip where it's just like a, it's a patience game. Are you fully like looking forward to that trip or you're like, this is going to be fun for me to sit in the same place for 10 days and read a book or something. Man, I love that kind of hunting. Yeah. This is a lot, stuff. Like Giannis, Giannis tell us doesn't like moose hunting. He'd rather elk hunt where you're moving around and yep. interacting. I, I, I'm not saying I wouldn't, I don't like to move around and be active, but I love to just hunker down and sit. That, really, that's the way I like to whitetail hunt. When I, I hunted with the element guys last year on public land, and we never sat in the same tree more than once. Wow. In a set, like, a, I think six or seven days. I mean, they were radical movers. And uh, I'd, ne- I, I'd kind of just decided when I was with them, I was going to do what they were doing. And partly because it was, it made more sense uh, just logistically for me to kind of roll with the flow that they were in. Yep. So, you know, we set up our saddle setups like 14 different times, you know, and in, in wow. six or seven days or whatever, that would be extreme. My gut and just the way I grew up and just the way I like to hunt, I'd, I'd rather hunker down in some place and sit there all day and yeah. maybe another day and just kind of wait it out, which there's benefits in both. And there's no right answer. It's just what, what you find success doing. Yep. And so I say all that to say, I enjoy that moose hunt because man, that moose hunt's cool because of where you're at. I mean, mm-hmm. you're in true wilderness. I mean, some of the, no doubt the most remote wilderness on this continent for sure. It's a fly and hunt. So you're, you know, we were 40 miles from the nearest road. That's just special to be in that place. Yeah. Just, just sit there. Just just sit there. You, you, it, it, yeah, it can be boring. It can be long. But uh, I enjoy that. So is Steve the uh, only tag holder, or is he going to try to hand the rifle off to somebody else again? Yeah, I think he's stacking the deck in his favor, which is, is a good thing. Yeah. He, he, he'll have the only moose tag. Yeah. I'm going to have maybe a caribou tag or a bear tag. Nice. Because it's possible to see a caribou up there. It's possible yeah. to see a black bear. So, yeah. Awesome. Yep. Do you have, uh, I guess, do you, do you run trail cameras still for, for whitetails? Or, and if you do, do you have any of those out yet? Yeah, I absolutely do. I, right now, I've only got one cell camera that's working. I, I keep, I keep cell cameras out kind of, year round on some yep. places and there's much for bears. They are deer, but yep. I, I get both just kind of in travel areas. And, um, I won't start seriously putting out deer trail cams until 
probably late August on some of this. I, my hunting's kind of spread all over the place. Like I do some very local hunting, like close to my house, but also drive a couple hours and do some hunting. Yep. Um, most of the big deer that I say big deer for me, big deer that I kill have over the years been close to home on private land. Yep. You know, um, and, uh, I don't, it's not doing much good to have camera. I, I just, my life is pretty busy. So it's like I segment it out and it's, I'm, I'm just not running many cameras right now for what yep. I feel, but I'll start in late August and get an idea for what's around. Yep. Uh, any, any big bucks that you have, have any history with in the area that you're hoping are alive or just cold Turkey this year? Last year was one of the worst years I've seen and, 20 years of paying attention to these deer. I didn't have a single deer over about 110 inches last year to hunt Wow! on all my properties. Yeah, it was terrible. I don't, I don't understand it. And and a lot of guys in this region saw that same thing just Mm -hmm. locally, like kind of where I'm at. I had several guys that were like, man, I've always got a, at least a 130 to hunt and, and didn't even have a 130. So we occasionally get some good deer, uh, the biggest deer that I've ever killed or score wise, you can't see it, but it's that one. Okay. It's a, uh, that deer scored 169 and, uh, I killed him with a bow just pretty close to my house. Yeah. Uh, in 2007. What did, uh, um, what did moose score again? Yeah, that's moose. Oh, that is. Uh, oh, oh, no, no, no. no. God, that's dagger moose scored yeah i forgot y'all knew that story yep uh yeah that's dagger it, it's been a long time since i've even said his name out loud that's dagger moose scored uh gross 189 wow that's crazy yeah Jeez. yeah but it was a freak trashy deer you know just stickers all over i mean it wasn't like a big typical 180 you know i mean it yep. was just so we yeah we get some occasionally some good deer but on any given year, I'm hunting 120 inch deer. Yeah, like I, it's it's kind of funny. It's it's either feast or famine. There was a big deer over here a couple years ago. I, I'm 99.99 percent certain he's dead now. But um, oh, it was a, it was a giant. It was probably a 170 plus inch. Um, primarily a typical, but he, he had quite a few sticker points and stuff. Yeah. But, but the next buck down from him was literally like 115 inches. <laughs> I don't understand. I don't really understand. It's always like that. It's either feast or famine and you're, so I don't know. Will you be going to any other States for white tails this fall? This year is the first in a while that my, because of some other projects I'm working on, I don't really have a big whitetail yeah. season laid out. I'm looking forward to just hunting locally, though, mm-hmm. which I haven't done in a lot of years because I've always got something going on. Yep. You know, we filmed one week in November the last two years, which, you know, I with my work schedule, I don't get to just, like, dedicate a month to anything. Yep. Like I'm, I'm always like squeezing in a week of hunting and then I got to come back and 
pound out something or travel somewhere. And so, you know, even like one week in November really takes up a big part of my fall to be dedicated. So I'm kind of looking forward to sticking around because if I'm around, I can, I love, I like local hunting a lot of times better than traveling to hunt Yeah, because you can pick and choose your days. You can go out for two hours, one afternoon after you've worked or done what you needed to do. You can go out a morning here or there. If a front comes in, you can be like, oh, hey, I'm moving everything back. I'm not going to go do that. I'm hunting all day. When you, when you, when you travel and hunt and you've got five days, it may be the worst five days of the year. Mm -hmm. And then you're locked into it. So I've always enjoyed local hunting. And really before I was working for meat eater or doing anything, I kind of built my life in a way around being able to do that. I mean, that's why I started when I got out of college, I started a landscape company and it was, it was to be able to capitalize on local hunting really. Yeah. I wanted to be able to go when the time was right. Uh, but, and also family reasons, you know, wanted to be able to do the same thing with my family for different things. But, uh, so I've always enjoyed that man to me, killing a deer that I can bring home and skin in my front yard is more valuable to me than going somewhere and killing yep. a big deer. Yep. Uh, I, I just love it. So cool. Awesome. Yep. I, I, but I have had some great, I, I also have learned, I don't like just to like go somewhere and hunt. I mean, a lot of people really enjoy that. I like to have some connection to a place like for four, for four years, I went up and hunted Canada and in Canada, you got to have an outfitter. Yep. So, I mean, it's an outfitted hunt, you know, and that people have all kind of connotations about that, man. The people that we hunted with were kind of like family to us. And the, he, he just let me do what I wanted on his property. I mean, it was yeah. kind of like going to your grandpa's place and him just being like, Hey, hunt for a week, do what you want. I mean, he abided by all the regulations of what a guide has to do for you, you know. Um, but that that became very enjoyable to me. And I hadn't been up there the last couple of years primarily because of my meat eater schedule just hasn't allotted yep. for it. But killed some good deer up there yeah. in Canada. A lot of fun. Um, so I did enjoy that, but it was because I had a connection to place mm -hmm. because of these people and just a little bit of history there you know yep for sure so. cool yeah that's even with our outer state stuff we tend to go back to the areas that we just like to hunt whether the hunting is great or not we just like the landscape and we like just the area and i'd say know, we aim to add one new place a year yeah. you know so you eventually have been to a lot of places but we always go back to some trustees yep yep yeah Sweet. Well, cool, Clay, man. we uh, seriously appreciate the time. We know your schedule is hectic as heck. Um, but yeah, I mean, some, one of these days we'd seriously love to have you to the 80 to, uh, to hunt a big Kansas buck. So put that on your radar. Hey, I, I, I'd take you up on it, man. That's, that's uh, hard to pass up and, and, uh, not that far from Northwest Arkansas. It's there. Not. Probably, <laughs> probably a five hours or so maybe yeah it's a know. nice easy drive but um yeah that love the intel and everything like that so um hope you uh have a great fall and we'll just uh we'll stay in touch for sure all right guys appreciate it yeah skype